We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Tommy's here. I am here. Thank you. We got more reviews and ratings yesterday than I think we've ever gotten on one day. Uh, And I really appreciate all of that. That is so helpful. Um, And if you haven't rated or reviewed the show, on Apple in particular, it's really helpful for us. This one came from Jay. Kevin, 2-2-22 was a date that will live in infamy. (laughs) 11-2-22 is the equivalent of VE or VJ day. Uh, thank you, Jay. You know what? what? You know what? You know what? Let's call it VD day. <laughs> VD day. Victory over <laughs> Danny day. Um, yeah, or, you know, uh, basically what we've been dealing with, with for 23 years, which is VD. Uh, and penicillin yes. couldn't cure it, could it? Uh, but maybe uh, <laughs> other things... I did. Um, Boy, what a day yesterday was. Uh, Lots of feedback from all of you. I mean, I'm just sitting here as as we were getting ready to to start the show, Tommy, and I pulled up the... Uh, all of the emails, which we've never gotten that many emails through the website before. I mean, yesterday was a day for me. I don't know if it was the same for you, but I was sitting here in my studio uh, doing an interview with my good friend Stanford Steve. We were talking about the college football playoff rankings. Uh, you know, it was a conversation that just kind of morphed into college football and NFL. I love Steve. And, you know, he, it was one of those where he gets on, he goes, look, let's just talk about anything and keep me, long, keep me as long as you want. And then like an hour later, I look up and he and I are still talking. You know, and Steve is great. And um, we had a great conversation. I doubt many of you actually listened to a lot of the college football talk from yesterday, but it was really good. But all of a sudden, towards the end of our discussion, my phone just starts, you know, I look at it and there are like 17 text messages. Because I've got it on silent, you know, in the studio, like we always yes. have to do when we're in studio. And the first uh, few are from my uh, t- two of my three sons who are like, is this for real, Dad? Oh, my God. And then I just see a lot of my friends and then work people. And I just said to Steve, and y- those of you that listened to, to the Steve portion didn't hear this because I edited it out. Um, but he, I said, you got to hold on for a second. And he said, okay. I said, it, it looks like there's like big news related to Dan Snyder. And, he, and Steve said something like, 
well, isn't that every day? And I said, yeah, but this one, this one appears to be different. And so I, you know, I told him, I said, all right, we got to wrap this up right now. I got to get started on this because I'm going to have to find people um, to either come on and I got to see what the hell's going on. So we wrapped it up anyway. I ended up getting in touch with the guy from Forbes who broke this story um, and had him on and you know, many of you commented on that interview. And by the way, some of the comments, which I'm not going to go into, I don't disagree with you. I, I think that the story was clearly planted with Forbes and that a lot of the, let's just say the environment here in DC, as it relates to the feelings about the owner, I don't know that he was completely familiar with, and, I, and Tommy, I don't know if you ended up listening to it or not, because you and I talked yesterday afternoon as well, and I said to you, I said, really nice guy, he broke the news clearly, um, really understands the business and you know valuations of NFL teams and where this might be headed, et cetera, but I kind of got this sense that he didn't really understand that this would be honestly one of the most glorious days in the history of dc sports no exaggeration like that 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 there would be a full-fledged you know parade potential that's that's hyperbole i don't expect mayor bowser to schedule a parade for this in all seriousness but that this was such a significant day because it's been a dream of so many for so long um but it was good to get him on anyway but uh Anyway, I, I got so much to get to, and so do you. You haven't had a chance to weigh in on this, not on the podcast anyway. Um, have you written about this yet? I'm writing about it for tomorrow's paper. Okay, so for tomorrow. was there? Yes. A, I'm curious, on a day like yesterday, was there a push from the paper to say, get something done that we can have in the paper tomorrow is in today? They don't push me, Kevin. I push them. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, but but why didn't you have something for today? I mean, this because I, because by the when the news broke, yeah, I was not in a position to be able to turn around and write something about it. What did you have planned? That was okay. What were you in the midst of? That was so much I, more important. I, I was I, I was nowhere near home. I was nowhere near, near my computer, and uh, I just realized that you know, uh, it'll be there the next day. <laughs> it'll be there it'll be there the next day it's it's a it's a column it'll be there the next day i'm not i'm not writing the news story you know matt paris wrote the news story right. I, I mean you know so i'm writing my column and when my column appears is when people will read it you know that's pretty much it i i actually really do appreciate that i think there was a time in my life where i would have said no, I'm sorry. This is something where if you're a true self-starter, you, you've been waiting for this column. This is the column. People are so locked in and tuned in right now. You got to have it done. But you know what? The truth is, just like with this podcast, like so many people will say, what about an emergency pod, Sheehan? Are you going to have an emergency pod? I mean, Chase Young got hurt or, you know, some, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I think I may have I think in the history of the of this podcast we've done maybe two or three emergency pods. The truth is if it comes a day and a half, two days later, they're gonna listen to it anyway. Yeah, and they're exactly. gonna and they're gonna read your column anyway. Yes. 
Yeah, so, and there's probably a better chance that the column I write for tomorrow will be better than the column I would have written for today. Because I'll have more perspective, more information, and more time to think of ideas. So, I mean, I, look, my first reaction was, i got to turn around and go home. You know, right. and sit in my, and, 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 and write. But then I said, you know, I mean, they weren't bothered, they weren't bugging <laughs> me for a column. I, and uh, I said, you know, I said, I'll, I'll write a column the next day. Okay. No big deal. Right. Well, so. you know what? I benefit from that because Tommy's first uh, spoken words on this situation will come today on this podcast long before you get to read his column. But you're going to read his column anyway, because the truth is his idea for his column may come from this conversation that we're about to have. Um, that, that happens very often. I know. Uh, and conversations with you often drive what the next day's content <laughs> is, or on radio. Um, there were uh, a couple of other uh, notes from, from various people. This was uh, from James. James basically wrote, Tommy had it right all along. This was about the stadium and the business improprieties. Uh, we'll get to all of that. And then my buddy Jimmy actually sent me this text, and I know you remember every prediction you make that is accurate. I don't um, uh, all the time. I like to, to – the big ones – you know, uh, whether it was Vinny Serrato or Tiger would come back and win a major or Kirk Cousins, uh, who, by the way, uh, <laughs> they're playing on Sunday um, and others. Um, but uh, my buddy Jimmy said, you had it. You said you wouldn't believe it until Goldman Sachs uh, and the team put out a release that they were going to handle the sale of the team. Yeah, uh, a few months back I said, I'll believe it when the team puts out a press release that they have entered into a deal with Goldman Sachs uh, to sell the team. Uh, and yesterday that was the news, not with Goldman Sachs, but with Bank of America that sparked uh, you know, a wild uh, and crazy day that the team uh, had entered into an agreement with Bank of America um, to uh, initially, the, you know, the statement, the, the, the headline from Bank of America, not that I want to go through the whole chronological, you know, um, event by event part of the day yesterday. It started with this story, he's selling the team. I think the immediate reaction from everybody is, he's selling the team. It's, it's time to rejoice. And then I think, you know, a lot of us, me included, said, well, hold on for a second. Is he selling the team or is he selling a minority stake in the team? And then the team put out a statement that was, you know, per usual for them, Tommy, right? Incredibly vague uh, and self-serving. Dan and Tanya Snyder and the Washington Commanders announced today that they have hired B of A Securities, Bank of America Securities, to consider potential transactions. The Snyders remain committed to the team, all of its employees, and its countless fans. Uh, by the way, you can count them on just a few sets of hands uh, to putting the best product on the field and continuing the work to set the gold standard for workplaces in the NFL. That has been a theme of almost every press release now for the last couple of years. You know, the diversity, inclusivity, the gold standard. Everybody's come from all over the world to see their HR department. And because that was so vague, um, you know, reporters had to get some clarification and they were 
asked, wait a minute, are you selling the team or are you just selling a minority stake in the team? And the team uh, had a spokesperson that told a lot of the beat reporters, including Ben, that's where I saw it first, Ben Standig, quote, we are exploring all options, closed quote. Um, And then, you know, I think a lot of the national guys that were unsure um, became a little bit more sure. Uh, And then we had the news last night about a criminal investigation, just another investigation from the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Virginia about some of the Jason Friedman business impropriety allegations um, that came out a little bit later in the day. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let Tommy take his first swing at this. I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people that are in the know, um, and some that aren't specifically in the know as far as this is concerned, but kind of can, can read a press press release and can read the tea leaves with respect to kind of a, a, a an acquisition, um, you know, uh, uh, situation, uh, but And so I'll get to a lot of, of what I think right now, um, but Tommy, why don't you go first? What did you make of the day, and where do you think we are today? Well, first of all, uh, it, clearly the story was planted. I mean, yeah. the, the story was posted at 1059, and I think the team posted their statement at like 1102. Right. So three minutes later. So they were not caught off guard, certainly, by this. Right. Uh, as far as the concerns about what it really meant in terms of maybe opening the books to minority investors, uh, I, I pointed out to people that any, any minority owners would have to be approved by the other NFL owners. Okay? So, I mean, the, if the NFL owners are trying to drum Snyder out, they're not going to turn around and go ahead and improve new, approve new business partners for them. So that's really not an option. That's not going to happen. Right. So uh, the sale of the team, uh, you know, I thought it would happen. And it's, I'm, try, I'm really trying to measure, like, what, kind, what this means to people. And uh, I think there'll be an impromptu parade somewhere. I really do. I think somebody's going to figure out some kind of a parade somewhere. I mean, certainly it's not going to be an official parade, but I think somebody will figure out a parade with this. As to what drove them, uh, it could have been this uh, latest, uh, you know, U.S. attorney's uh, criminal charges investigation into him. I want to point out to people that this is different. This is not the Virginia Attorney General who is investigating him, and that is not necessarily, I don't think, a criminal investigation. That may be a civil situation. But this is the U.S. attorney for Eastern Virginia, I think. This is a federal uh, investigation. Yes. Yes. And this is number eight. If you're keeping account in the amount I lost count. It's number eight? It's number eight? Yes. This is number eight. Okay. None of which have ended. Okay, it's not. We're not even counting. We're not counting in previous investigations or anything like that. He has eight ongoing. Him and the team, not just him, but him and the organization, have eight different investigations going on. With as far as we know, no resolution of any of them, and nobody can believe that much. 
this can't happen. <laughs> I mean, you and I, you and I couldn't believe that much right. if we had eight different agencies looking into it. Not without somebody so, standing by for a transfusion. And I'm not talking about right. the vodka transfusions, although those would help as uh, well. Um, yes. Yeah. What else? So, well, I mean, I want to uh, wait. I want to wait to get to what's next in terms of yeah, potential okay. buyers and you know what they would do, etc. Um, but what about so now? now yeah, go front ahead. Front office sports reported that, uh, and they do a good job. Front office sports. They reported that the booing of Tanya Snyder uh, on the video screen recently. Uh, when uh, she was doing a public service announcement uh, for uh, cancer and cancer research, apparently had a real big impact on on her and the family. Uh, That was front Uh, office sports, because I know Michael Phillips tweeted something out, and I've got something about that, too, which I'll get to here shortly. Um, Front office sports, is that 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 AJ guy? Is that that AJ? Whatever, okay. AJ Perez. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and so and you have you have always uh, you know wondered what kind of impact how much can the family take yeah. in terms of being such an ostracized unit in in the capital of the United States. I mean, you know, the the most hated, arguably the most hated person in town, and that's got that's got to take its toll. And you know maybe that was that was the final straw. Maybe it was this uh, this federal investigation going on. Who knows? But uh, this is the real deal. I think this is going to happen. So percent chance he sells the team? I say ninety five percent. Okay. Um, I'm just going to tell you up front. I'm at ninety today, and I wasn't when you okay. and I talked yesterday. I think I said I was at sixty or seventy. Um, but I'm at 90 today. So, you know, let me just start with this. Like, yesterday really was in so many ways, although I'm going to be really candid. Uh, like, I remember a day when I would think about, God, if he were forced to sell or if he decided to sell, it really would be like this massive, massive, exciting day. Like, I, I personally, I would be so pumped you know, and I would be like, God, finally, we're going to get our team back. Um, I do think, and, and, I, and I talked to some friends last night about this, there has been a general, you know, long, you know, uh, wearing down of everybody to the point where, you know, a lot of people just aren't fans at all. And a lot of people, the apathy included, I don't even give a shit anymore if he sells the team. You know, so now I think that can change, you know, when it finally happens and there's a new owner and hopefully the new owner can really understand what this is about. But I, I, I certainly felt like this is really a good thing. And by the way, a really good thing for me personally and you and everybody else, if, you know, they get a new owner and they can have actually a functional football organization in the most popular league and the most popular sport in this country, um, it would be great. You know, I love the people who have said to both of us over the years, what what are you going to, what would you guys do if Snyder sold the team or was voted out? Well, maybe we could be talking about a functional organization for the next 10 to 15 years, God willing. 
uh, we're still uh, doing this 15 years from now together. Um, and a team that's, you know, a contender at some point, because as we've talked about for years, we've had to, you know, suspend reality, the reality that yes. this organization was never going to be a winning organization as long as he owned it. So yesterday, I mean, I know that, you know, there were dreams that were potentially you know, f- uh, realized finally, um, you know, it was a joyous day. I-, I thought, you know, I wonder if they're just doing things they've done before. Like remember when they floated Jim Fossil out there as, as the head coach, just to see what the reaction was and everybody's like fossil. No. And so that's when yeah. you you were walking through the parking lot and heard, heard Jim Zorn say to his wife, no, honey, the head coach. <laughs> Still one of the all-time great stories, and he had to go home to get a suit to go to Mr. Snyder's house. Um, And, you know, they – are they floating like a trial balloon out there just to see what the reaction was like? Could Do they really think that somehow a bunch of people would say, no, no, stay, Dan? (laughs) Um, I don't think that's what it was. Um, You know, know, uh, I mean, to put that out like that, I think what happened – and this is just guessing, mm-hmm. just guesswork. Uh, and it could have been a jarring event like the booing or the U.S. Attorney's investigation that may have triggered it. But, you know, it may have been a conversation to, and this may have all been part of it, all together, with whoever, would, whoever Dan Snyder talks to in the league that he would semi-trust that finally conversation that says, look, I mean, it's not going to get any better for you, okay? You're not going to get your stadium, you know. Uh, it's only going to get worse for you. Uh, put the team up for sale, and we'll help you get the highest dollar you could possibly get, much more than the valuation for the team. Right. And, you know, putting it out there like that, I think, I, I, I mean, I predicted it could go as high as seven billion. You know, I still think that's that may wind up being a conservative prediction. Who knows? Uh, but uh, I think there's going to be a real scramble uh, to buy this team. And I think once they see the dollars come in, if there's any, if there was any hesitation before, I think that will disappear. Yeah, the guy uh, that I had on yesterday from Forbes, Mike Ozania, said he thinks it's not crazy to think that somebody will offer him $8 billion. Um, yeah. And mention yeah. Bezos and Elon Musk, among others. So, um, you know, we've we've often asked, and, and you mentioned it sort of, like, you know, why? You know, why? I, I mean, so many times on this show, whether it's the two of us discussing it or me discussing it with Cooley or me discussing it with, you know, somebody after they've written the post story, whatever, just, you know, why would he want to own this team anymore? I mean, how much could the, you know, the ego massage of being, you know, the one of 32 uh, owners, which is, you know, a big deal and, and how it makes him feel uh, so big uh, when he's on his yacht, uh, you know, in Nice or on the Amalfi Coast and he's hobnobbing with George Clooney and Tom Cruise and Matthew McConaughey. Um, you know, how was 
the way he was viewed back home, reviled, despised. I mean, as I've said many times, there's no question that he's the most despised Washington, D.C. figure of all time that wasn't a politician and maybe more than any other politician. And, you know, how how could he enjoy and knowing that his family probably doesn't enjoy this, how could he enjoy it? Well, I, I do think that a lot of that came into play, but. Let let me just give you the reasons that I think that ultimately this is about a sale. I'm I'm 90% that he is selling the team, not not selling a minority stake. I had many conversations with a lot of different people yesterday, many thoughts, Tommy, throughout the day, including thoughts after that, uh, you know, the, the criminal investigation that was federal, the announcement of that. I just believe the chances that he's selling the team, not selling a minority stake are very high. And look, it is. A, there's a big difference, you know. I I know many of you had had said to me, and I felt the same thing. And I think I pushed back, um, you know, adequately with the guest yesterday. Like, the, the, you know, the good, the 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 joyous news is him selling the team, a hundred percent of the equity. The selling of a minority stake is terrible news. So, so I don't think that I still don't think people outside of this market grasp you know, the, 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 what this market's become as it relates to him. I think some do, but I don't think all do. But here are the reasons. Uh, you know what? A lot, yeah. a lot haven't. Uh, and I always felt that take, taking consideration when they would make their uh, predictions about the, how the team would do. Uh, now, that changed eventually in later years. But when they would assess the team, they would assess it like an NFL team. <laughs> and it's it's not an NFL team right. like we've talked about. It yeah. really isn't. Yeah. It hasn't been an NFL team to me since the Shanahan era. Yeah. So. Um, so here are the reasons for me why I think that yesterday was really, you know, this was the day. This was the day where all of our dreams um, were realized that – you know, I feel very confident that they're selling the team. Number one is this. You know, when the team was asked about that vague press release, they said, you know, we're exploring all options. If they were truly looking to sell a minority stake in the team using Bank of America, which they would still use an investment banker to sell 40%, 20%, whatever it is, they would still use an investment banker. But if they were only selling 40% or less or 49% or less of the franchise, they would have used that as an opportunity like they have in recent months to say, we have decided to sell a minority stake in the team to bring on uh, and we have targeted a culturally diverse group of investors as we continue to be the gold standard when it comes to being the most inclusive and diverse company on the planet. You know, they would have used that as an opportunity. They didn't say that. They said exploring all options. That's a big tell and was the first tell yesterday that they're, they're really, when, when, you, when, when you suggest that publicly, you are really saying, as a couple of the investment banking friends that and people that I know said, no, 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 this is, the, this is goal number one. Now, if somebody doesn't make a good enough offer in a normal transaction, it's very possible that they'll just end up selling another stake. Because remember, investing in an NFL team, even if you're a minority investor, 
it, it doesn't come with any control. You don't get to be the owner, but it's been an incredible investment for, for anybody that's had any kind of equity stake uh, in an NFL team, even though, you know, as I pushed back yesterday on our guest, Washington's different from the other 31 teams. But that's reason number one. If they were, if, if they were doing this, could they have just trolled us and, and they, they're just, they wanted to see what the reaction was? I don't think that's what it was. I think they, if, if it was all about a minority stake, they would have said that. Number two. You know, with that story that came out last night, you know, and as you've suggested, and we've talked about many times before, you know, I don't necessarily think like this was an announcement because they knew this report was coming out. I'm not suggesting they didn't know that this report was coming out. But like you said, the counts at eight or whatever. And remember, there have been, you know, the Beth Wilkinson investigations was closed. So whatever the number is. Um, they probably knew this was coming out, but I think it's about a lot more than just the fact that this was coming out. Although, you know, I certainly believe that there's still a chance that one of these investigations produces the smoking gun. You know, that's, you know, possible. But, you know, it just reminded me, you can't do business with Dan Snyder. It doesn't matter how attractive and financially beneficial being an NFL team investor is because let's just say 40% of the team would sell for $2 billion. I mean, it would probably be worth $4 billion in 10 years. That's a hell of an investment. Look, if Snyder sells it for $8 billion, that's a 10-to-1-er, Tommy. That's unbelievable, Um, you know, since he bought it. But – um. It's it's just different in Washington with Snyder. He's toxic, and being associated with him is more stain than stature, you know. And and be, because of all of these constant investigations, you've got liability risk when you're uh, an investor in this company, a significant investor. Which sometimes, by the way, Tommy comes with a board seat, not controlling, obviously. Um, sometimes comes with officer designation. You know, you can't, you don't want to do business with somebody like this because, again, it's it's more stain because of the toxicity. Uh, it's not necessarily going to elevate your reputation or the reputation of your businesses like it does if you were an investor in the the other thirty one teams or at least thirty of the thirty one. I, th- I think Cleveland. And the Haslam group is probably a little bit sketchy there, but um, you've got liability risks. So I, even though it's a great investment, he, I don't know that he can find anybody that wants to do business with him as a, a, and, and be beholden to him as the majority owner. Um, thirdly, and I think this is cumulative, you know, uh, over the last couple of weeks, you know, it's everything that I just mentioned and then. I do think something has happened here in the last two weeks because we went from two weeks ago, Jim Irsay at the league meetings saying that there's merit uh, to take a vote on Dan Snyder to oust him as an NFL owner to that statement that the team put out, quote, the commanders have made remarkable progress over the past two years. We are confident that when he has, meaning Jim Ursay, has an opportunity to see the actual evidence in this case, Mr. Ursay will conclude that there is no reason for the Snyders to consider selling the franchise, and they won't, close quote. You know, it was the typical Snyder, never, 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 and they won't. You know, let me make myself clear. I'm not selling my effing franchise. 
They can come at me all they want. Ursay can come at me all. I am, I'm a fight guy, and I'm digging my heels in. So what changed? Um, I think there's a, 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 a several things at play. Number one, I do think that family has something to do with this. You know, you and I have talked, you know, kind of on the podcast, but definitely more off the podcast. I think for years this has been very, very stressful, you know, to the family. Uh, And, you know, for years it's been all, you know, the venom and the anger has been towards dad, towards the husband. And a week and a half ago at the Green Bay game, it was towards mom and my wife, if you're Dan. And I, I think that, you know, you said something to me yesterday when we were talking, and I totally agree with this. She was booed, you know, whether it was on the screen or whether when she was introducing various people and she said, you know, hail to the Redskins, you know, beat, beat the, the Packers or whatever. She was booed out there. And you said, I, I, you know, you were surprised that she was booed. I can't yeah. imagine personally had I been there booing Tanya. I don't know, I, but I think, you know, they probably even thought, yeah, they're not going to boo Tanya. They hate Dan. And so I think that may have been, um, you know, something that was more eye-opening than anything else. Not that, you know, it's surprising that the venom and anger is there for Dan, um, but that this was now about mom and a wife, not about dad and a husband. I think the realization, too, that he's got nobody left in the league that supports him. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure what took him so long to figure this out. But I think, you know, as Sally suggested when she was on with me a couple of weeks ago on radio, what'll happen, it was right after the Ursay thing, and I think you kind of agree to, uh, with this to a certain degree also, that, you know, like you said earlier, Jerry, you know, who he idolizes, and maybe a couple of others sat down with him and said, it's time. It's time. It doesn't matter whether you're innocent or guilty of some of these charges. You've got to go. Your market is dead, and with you there, it will continue to stay dead. There will be no reviving it. It doesn't matter if you prove yourself to be innocent of the Tiffany Johnston allegations or of these business improprieties or something else. And by the way, I'm not discounting the possibility that there may have been something else that Jerry and the others said, look, Mary Jo White's got this on you too now. This is, we didn't even know this. Like, and they're just, but but really at the end of the day, like I said to you last week, it shouldn't even be about these investigations anymore. Again, not diminishing the significance of the victims and the alleged victims, but this is about a market that's completely dead and won't be reborn until he's gone. And I think all of this, you know, started to add up. And I think the realization of, you know, the fact that, you know, a fight would be costly for him. It would be ugly. It would be an unseemly path. Not that he's unwilling to take an unseemly path. He's certainly done that before. But ultimately, he probably was convinced by somebody You can go down this path, but the result is not going to change. You're out. Whether, you know, whether it comes to a vote, which we'd rather not come to a vote because that's just ugly and costly for everybody, um, or you voluntary, you're done. And, you know, part of also the realization that it is a fact that he has no real chance to build the stadium that he always thought would make him a hero in this city. 
You know, I was told a few years ago his dream of, you know, getting back into the good graces of citizens in this town and fans was to build a brand new spanking beauty of a stadium on the RFK site. Well, that's not going to happen. You know, that's that's just not going to happen with him here. So, you know, we've had these dreams of him selling the team, and he's had this dream of a new stadium being his salvation. But that, that was delusional to begin with because it was never about a new stadium. Uh, but, you know, it's in recent months become very clear that that is a dream that will go unfulfilled for him. You know, the best he's going to do is build something on the Landover site, you know, and he's not going to get a cent from Maryland. And he probably, Tommy, was made very aware, we're not giving you the $200 million that we usually give to uh, owners that build new stadiums. You know, they've got the in the coffers of the NFL, they have $200 million that is given, not loaned, given to an NFL owner for the building of a new stadium. So the fact that the new stadium dream was dying a slow death could be a big part of this as well. I think you just add it all up, and it's kind of this cumulative effect where, as you like to say, Even for him, he kind of realized the juice ain't worth the squeeze. And I do think the family thing could have been a big um, shakeup for him. It also could be something that's coming in the Mary Jo White investigation, or perhaps it was the announcement last night. But I think, you know, they... He also, by the way, has a family and kids that are adults now. You know, the adults now who are kids can say, Dad, enough is enough. $8 $8 billion, $7 billion. We'd rather have that than the team. You know, we would rather have that money than have any part of this team in a market that nobody's going to want us to own it either. So selling voluntarily is for him right now the most financially fruitful path of kind of least resistance. And I think that he's finally gotten there. I mean, You know, like we've been asking ourselves and all of you, how could he enjoy doing this? And maybe finally he doesn't. I I have one more thought before before you react. I I think, and this is this is one skeptical kind of fearful thought. And I think everybody needs to be careful here. I don't think anybody should be high stepping it yet. I don't think the parade should be announced yet, because this guy over a long period of time has proven himself to be incredibly impulsive, incredibly reactionary. Um, And if he had uh, a moment of clarity here in the last few days, you know, let's let him continue to have more than just the moment of clarity. Like if there is something new that's ready to break that isn't, you know, something that can be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, something that's going to piss him off and say, damn it, that's not true. And I'm sick of this. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to fight this now. I think right now people should just let this thing happen. And I'm not suggesting that somebody who's actually a victim, you know, doesn't come forward. That's not what I'm saying here. But I do think, like I've said to you before, the truth will do. Don't give them any small win. You know, whether it's the India media company that that Shar was probably behind, and I say probably because the NFL has barred him from ever 
owning any equity in an NFL team. And I do think that Snyder was smeared by that campaign. And it was not true, the Jeffrey Epstein stuff and the, you know, the sexual, the sex rings and the drug rings. I mean, and I think the last two years, what's happened is, you know, he has taken the last two years of accusations and said, this isn't me. And I want my, my family, I want my kids, I want my friends to know I'm not, you know, I'm not guilty of this. I'm guilty of having been the chairman and CEO of a business that did have a toxic workplace. But I didn't put my hand on Tiffany Johnston's leg. I didn't sexually harass her. We didn't cook the books or whatever it is. You know, he can't see, because he's a narcissist, all of the harm that he had done for the 20 years that preceded the last two. So, anyway, that's all I have on this. I'm 90% on this is going to happen. And maybe the only part of me that is 10% unsure is because he's really very impulsive and reactionary and who the hell knows what he'll wake up and feel tomorrow or the next day. Well, he'd have to be an insane man to turn around and change his mind at this point because, I mean, if if he was hated yesterday, imagine how much he'd be hated tomorrow if he pulls the rug out from under him. <laughs> I know. I know. You know? So, so, I mean, and, and, and you know, again, like I said, as far as taking in minority investors – I mean, you made a lot of good points, like who would want to do business with Dan Snyder. But if the league wants him out, they're not going to approve any new investors. That's right. For his organization. That's right. You know? But can I throw out one thing to that? that? Let me throw out one thing on that. Because if he had a culturally diverse... uh, Even that. ...group of... Even that. uh, And the league didn't approve them... You know, not everybody knows how bad of a person uh, or an owner Dan Snyder is, and how despised he is. And the chance they would for know by then, okay, they would know. Okay. I don't but, think but that I would. Agree, I agree with you. In, in I don't general. think that would stop okay. them. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I just think that you know, I mean, there, there's there's there'd be too much to overlook in in, in a situation like this. So uh, I think VD Day will stick. <laughs> okay. VD Day. <laughs> Victory over yeah. Danny. Finally. It was a long war, <laughs> yeah. Tommy. There were a lot of lives <laughs> lost, a lot of casualties. But I'll tell you, there were a few battles here and there. We fought we fought the good fight and ultimately we were battered, bruised, but we won. Um and I say we as Let in the do- collective we, all of you and everybody yes. else. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And I want to point that out. Uh uh, I, I just couldn't resist this. I'm sorry. I, I, the moment just, I couldn't not resist doing this. Yesterday on social media, uh, when I wrote the, uh, my last column about the toxic workplace and how it could impact, you know, ultimately, sk- you know, Skipper Dan, uh, I got some pushback from a lot of people, as I do. And I got, you know, one pushback from uh, Washington, D.C. tweet team who said, Tom, why do you have to be so hard on? Why do you have a hard on for Dan? Can you talk about football just once? You focus so much like you have a personal vendetta. Nobody gives a fuck about Dan. I just want to win games. I want to hear how the team is turning the corner. 
not about all these unsubstantiated claims. Mm. Now, I use that as an example to tweet this yesterday. So all, I, I, I quoted that tweet. All the Mensa candidates, like this genius, who had issues with me writing so much about Skipper Dan the Sailing Man and his destruction of the franchise, dot, 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 you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you, Tom. Thank you. You know what, though? You know what's funny is you were reading that tweet. And I don't. I, I really don't want to uh, to pick a fight because you and I have both gotten a lot of what you just read in terms of the tweet towards you over the years from what is as I have referred to, you know, that tiny portion of the fan base that is just never ever going to think that the organization has done anything wrong. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, you know. That group, which has shrunk to to really a very small group, um, and but 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 by the way, a loud group on Twitter, right? These are the people when it came to the Carson Wentz trade when I bashed it and said, I, "I this is not a great trade." Get on board or get out, you know. And with me, it's always, "Why don't you just move to the Twin Cities? Why don't you just move to Minneapolis and cover <laughs> and cover your boy?" But 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 in reality, what really kept them going for so many years and kept them delusional out there were a lot of these, you know, especially at away games. And look, I get it. You know, when you haven't lived the day-to-day in the city like we have, I've said this for years, people who have lived outside the market who are Redskin fans, Washington football fans, Washington Commander fans, have never, ever felt the same way that those of us who have been here have felt. You know, even my friend Tim Legler, who I love dearly, like this is the first year he hasn't come to every game. And I would say to him the last couple of years, why do you keep coming? And he's like, you know, I just still, this is still part. And I'm like, see, for us here, it kind of, the life kind of got sucked out of it. But I'm getting sidetracked. Those, you know, parties and pep rallies in other cities, especially because they didn't happen here, the, you know, harvest fests and the different things like that where, you know, you and I both had conversations on the air and I had conversations with people out there and I would say, these people are not representative of your, of the largesse of your fan base. These are the people that will never think you're doing anything wrong. Look at your numbers. You got nobody coming to the games. You've got nobody watching the games. Just because you have a good turnout in Virginia Beach for for Harvest Feast or whatever it was called, and they immersed themselves in these events, and they these events made Dan and Bruce and Larry and a lot of the other people out there think that they were still beloved. I mean, they they were looking at the books. And they were like, well, they're just disappointed with the results. It never until recently really occurred to them that they were despised. And then, by the way, people just didn't care. Like this person that tweeted you in many ways was part of the problem over these years. Now, again, it shrunk to a very small group. And in recent years, the team has known. Like the new group out there, trust me. They have known since they came on board about what the biggest impediment to winning, to revenue growth, to organizational success has been, and that's the owner. 
There isn't one person that's new out there, that's come from somewhere else, that if they were injected with truth serum wouldn't say, well, our biggest problem is the owner. I mean, that's been the biggest problem. That's why, you know, even though this guy came on yesterday and we've heard from others about, you know, corporate revenue being up, up from what? Up from nothing? Well, because after a pandemic, um, you know, it's still in terms of the other revenue bucket after media or buckets after all of the media dollars they get you know they get sliced into 32 pieces it's still for the size market they are it's near the bottom you know maybe tiny yeah. markets like green bay and you know jacksonville etc you know are, are 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 lower in ancillary revenue than washington but it's been a massive disappointment so i yeah, I mean, when somebody like that says nobody gives a, a a fuck about Dan, they just want to win games, that is somebody so detached from reality. And it's part of, as I've said to you before, I don't mean this to be condescending, but it's something they've told me out there. The biggest problem with the business is Dan, but the biggest effect of Dan is that the biggest revenue generating customers are the ones that have left. And, you know, there are fans of the team. There are people who buy tickets, but the big block ticket owners, the suite owners, the corporate sponsors, these are the people that just said years ago, if not more recently, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do this until he goes. Because as I, you know, as we've said to each other many times, it's not just the losing. It's not just the fact that they've had one playoff win this century. It's the off-putting way in which they've operated. The behavior. You know, th- this guy Tommy yesterday, you know, told me he grew up in New York. He was a Giants fan and you know, his, his father and uncles and everybody told him how great the Giants of the 50s and 60s, et cetera, with Sam Huff, it's, you know, and all those great teams. And then there he was in the 70s, and they had terrible teams. And he said, you know, uh, people wanted Wellington Mara. They were burning up tickets and chanting, Mara must go. And he said, don't, you know, and he said this, you know, on during this interview yesterday, he said, don't discount the fact, the possibility that, you know, the team starts to win and then all of a sudden Dan becomes a different kind of figure. And I just said, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's apples and oranges. We're, the Snyders are not the Maras, certainly not the old man. This is a completely different right. situation because this has been so much more than losing. Because you can lose, and there are lovable losers. Look at the Cubs for all of those years. This has been a hateable loser, a loser that has embarrassed, uh, you know, the significant majority of, of, of what used to be the fan base. And he's been such an off-putting, incompetent owner that no one wants to be associated with an organization that's run by him. It's completely different. Um, but, you know, if Bill Parcells came in and, and was the coach and we drafted LT and started to win under Snyder, of course, some people would say, ah, they got a winning team. I'm back on board. But still, most people were never coming back until he was gone. Yeah. And I think we both agree yep. that he's going to be gone. He's going to sell. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about what's next right after these words from a few of our sponsors. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Tommy, this segment of the podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Shelly's Back Room. You know, I was at Shelly's yesterday afternoon, enjoying one of those days that I talked about the other day on the podcast, one of those beautiful days where you sit outside in their great outdoor cafe and watch the world go by while you're smoking a cigar (laughs) and having a drink. And, And today's another one of those days, you know? Today is absolutely another one of those days to be there at Shelley's. Whether you're inside or outside, it's, it's like a retreat. And, you know, this, actually, this is the word they use on their website, and it's perfect uh, uh, description. They call it a comfortable retreat. That's really what it is. It's like an oasis. You know? <laughs> I love that. From, from, it's an oasis in the middle of the city. Yes. That, that's really what it is. Was, you know? the, was the conversation I mean, about Snyder yesterday? Was everybody talking about that like it was oh, a big yeah. political thing? Yes, absolutely. A lot of conversation about uh, Skipper Dan. Uh, and while I was having that conversation, I was sitting in one of their overstuffed, comfortable chairs that they have there, nice. right next to the couch, cozy couches that they have there. You know? Uh, and... I pointed this out to people, but I know it's important for some people who are more sensitive to smoke. They have a state-of-the-art air purification system that keeps the atmosphere comfortable for smokers and non-smokers. I'll be going there tonight after I teach my class uh, at at Georgetown to uh, watch the World Series on one of their eight high-definition televisions. Nice. So basically, yes, that's the place to be, as they say, as Frank Costanza said in Seinfeld, it's the place to be. Uh, Shelley's back room at 1331 F Street Northwest in the district. Uh, awesome. Uh, I love Shelley's. And by the way, the food's good. Burger, beer, yes. cigar on a fall day. We've got, uh, by the way, we have plenty of nice fall days ahead. I know. I don't know if you've looked at the extent. We're not going to get chilly yes, again I have. until late next week. It's basically going to be yeah. in the 70s, high 60s to 70s, even the high 70s over the weekend um, into the early portion of next week. And then I do see some, you know, like 52, 39, you know, high, low temperature days when we get to next weekend. I've not looked at like the extended forecast because we're now into that time of year. Everybody knows, or most of you know, that I'm always looking out for the next big snowstorm opportunity it is november we've had snow in november before uh so it's always possible but it seems like we're off to a pretty warm 
uh, fall start. Um, I love this time of year. Love it. Uh, all right. So do I. So uh, if we both are in agreement that this is going to happen, the first thing I, I will say is I was told yesterday that this is something that could absolutely be fast-tracked. That it's not a Denver situation with the Bolin family um, where it took months and months and there was squabbling with the Bolin kids. Uh, this is something that basically the league has control over. Like if they want this to happen quickly, it can happen quickly. Now, you know, there is – it's a big financial transaction – and so there, you know, there's the investment banker, uh, which, by the way, they will haul an unbelievable commission uh, for a full sale of this football team. There are lawyers, but this can be fast tracked um, once they have uh, the winning bid uh, and once that bid is approved by the league. So what are you hearing in terms of names? Are you hearing anything? I've got. No particular intelligence other than the rounding up the usual suspects. You know, people who have tried to buy sports franchises uh, recently, football, basketball, baseball, and come up short. People with the wherewithal to do so. All those people and Jeff Bezos. You know, his name comes up all the time. And his name has come up in connection with this franchise many times because, you know, because he's Washington-based now. Uh, he owns the Washington Post. Amazon's building this huge headquarters in, in northern Virginia. Uh, so people have always made the logical connecting the dots. You know, he's obviously, he, he's got his fingers all over the NFL. I mean, his network is now showing Amazon Prime, showing Thursday Night Football. His Amazon Web Services actually does the schedule for the league. Right now, so he's he's everywhere with the league except owning a team, which would be the last step in doing that. I have no particular uh, insight into who might be the front runner for something like this, or who really might be interested. Just out of curiosity, do you have an opinion on Jeff Bezos as a potential owner, being uh, obviously not only? Um, you know, the wealthiest man on the planet. I guess Elon Musk might be. It's probably one, two, right? Uh, I'm talking about Americans anyway, or right? I mean, right. I'm sure there are Saudi uh, princes and, and oil uh, tycoons that are, are wealthier. But, I, uh, but do you have an opinion on Amazon's CEO, given that they are a significant partner to the league with him owning a team? Uh, I am not put off by Jeff Bezos like a lot of people are. I'm not talking about. Amazon. I'm not talking about put off. I'm not talking about anything in terms of political or anything else. I'm talking about is there a conflict of interest? You know, there doesn't. I don't think conflicts of interest even exist anymore, Kevin. Right. I really don't. Yeah, I, I you hear know? you. Yeah. I, I just don't. I just don't think they do. They used to. I mean, like John Henry owns the Boston Red Sox and he owns the Boston Globe. Okay, you know, uh, I just don't think uh, conflicts really exist anymore. Uh, I mean, most of many of the owners in the league do business with Jerry Jones's Legends Hospitality Company. Right. Jerry Jones is is one of the primary owners of uh, a food and beverage company, which also sells sweets and sponsorships. And uh, many teams are partner, or you know, buy that from him. 
So they've already given that owner money for a business connected to the league. The Washington Commanders made a deal with Legends to sell their suites and corporate sponsorships for their new stadium whenever that happens. Now people would think, well, that's a conflict of interest. He's an NFL owner. It just uh, there's no more rules, Kevin. It's just it's money, money rules. I mean, you didn't, didn't the all Chicago the, all the Tribune... niceties that yeah yeah the, the, the Chicago the Tribune used to own the Cubs, right? The Dodger, the Fox TV used to own the Dodgers. Ted Turner there's, owned the, the, uh, owned the Braves. Yeah, so it's I don't yeah. think there's any many, many rules left yeah, when I, it comes to conflict of interest. Think I'm I'm with you on that definitely. So. I mean, like you said, I mean, the guy that was on yesterday mentioned Bezos and Musk and then essentially said, look at all the tech guys and look at all the uh, financial guys in New York. And so I, I there, there are a couple of names of note that I have heard in addition to, you know, the obvious like Jeff Bezos and the name Byron Allen's come up a lot. Um, Byron Allen uh, is the uh the ceo of allen media group he used to be a comedian he was in on the potential purchase of denver before the walton family um got it uh he was um uh he he would have become the first black owner of an nfl franchise if he had gotten the broncos uh but i've you know i i think i've, I've been told that he would be one of the guys to look at josh harris is another name that i've heard Josh grew up in Chevy Chase, went to the field school uh, in in D.C. Uh, he is the owner of the New Jersey Devils. He is uh, a part owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. He, at one point before the Walton family emerged, was considered one of the front runners for the Broncos. Um, he also, by the way, has a relationship with Magic Johnson, who came into his group uh, for the potential um, uh, purchase of Denver, but that, you know, that went to the Walton family. Uh, so those are two names in addition to the, you know, the biggest names, um, that I've heard, you know, just if you look at like the, the 400 richest Americans on the Forbes list, you know, like the Rails brothers, who, by the way, are Walt Whitman graduates, much older than I am, um, but they actually founded the station. You know, they were the ones that that launched Sports Talk Radio in D.C. when they uh, launched Sports Talk 570, which eventually became Sports Talk 980. Um, and then they sold it uh, to, um, uh, to, uh, to Clear Channel. Right, Clear Channel or Cumulus, and then it was sold to Clear Channel. I forget the uh, how that all worked out. I, I don't know if they have any interest, but they're certainly capable um, of buying it. There is David Rubenstein, who, along with Ted Leonsis, has, be, has been considered, you know, part of what would be a front-running group to buy the Nationals. Um, you know, you could get a, a Rubenstein with a bunch of the Carlisle guys together. Um, so, you know, though, like locally, when you look at people who might have an interest in the team that live in the DMV, like I, somebody said, what about the Mars family? Well, they are, you know, one of the wealthiest American families, but they don't do sports teams. You know, they just do M&Ms and by the way, do them very well. Um, so I, I mean, those are some of the names I've heard. Here's what I hope happens with the new owner. You know, and, and I've said this before, some of, you know, the, the one or two of you out there that have always said, you know, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> what does that even mean? Be careful what you wish for. It could never be worse than it's been for the last 23 years. They have won one playoff game this century. Um, 
So it's possible that the next owner won't be a good owner and they won't be a winning franchise, but it can't be worse. But um, I hope that, number one, it's somebody that certainly has deep pockets. Number two is somebody who is likable and can communicate. Because I think one of the first things that needs to happen, they've got to go to D.C. and they've got to convince D.C. to not necessarily just build them the stadium, but certainly to participate in the building of infrastructure and to get that land, to get the RFK land from the Department of the Interior. A a stadium in D.C. would be number one on the list in terms of making this next owner super you know, popular um, and people all of a sudden engaging. Number two on the list for me is I think they can redo the whole brand. This is not a, a sale that will be based on a longstanding brand. Whoever buys this team is just buying a football, an NFL team in what, you know, what is a very lucrative market an untapped lucrative market. 2222 wasn't, you know, it's not even six months ago. Oh, yes, it was. It's at this point, what, 11 months ago or, or 10 months ago, whatever. It hasn't been a year. And there's no brand value in the commanders or the uniforms or the, the stupid fight song or the mascot. There's no brand value. buying here. There's no value. In fact, it's actually probably a negative in the sale. It would have been much more advantageous for the new purchaser of the team to have a chance to totally rebrand on their own and start from scratch. But I don't think no matter what it costs, it, it costs the last owner. It's not costing the new owner to start over. That's a sunk cost, what they spent to totally rebrand the team. I think they should go to Washington being the brand. And whether that's Washington football team or Washington FC or FC Washington, and we end up calling them the Skins. Just like the, the, the Senators were always the Nats because they were na- the Nationals way back in the day before they became the Nationals again when Montreal moved here. Um, I think they should rebrand the team, get the old uniforms back. The helmets are fine. We don't need the, the logo. That's, I understand that's a non-starter. I actually like the W as the brand. Washington is the brand, and leaving that as the helmet. And I think they should completely do a rebrand, and I think it should be Washington-focused. If they want to go Washington Hogs or something like that, that's better. But the commanders and the decisions that they made with respect to the rebrand haven't been popular and really are clunky and not very sharp. And not very, you know, uh, I don't want to hold on to the past. I don't want relics of the past to be embraced, you know, as props, Tommy. You know, if Joe Gibbs ended uh, ended up being a, a part of an ownership group, of course I would feel good about it. But I don't need that necessarily. I just want it to be competent. Like in some ways I'd rather Peyton Manning be involved in the next ownership group. You know, the nostalgia is great. We'll always have that. But, you know, clinging to the past at this point, it just seems like that's gotten old. And for me, maybe a little bit as well. But I don't want the new owner to just accept this, you know, brand new name and the associated, you know, 
accoutrements. I don't I don't I think I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with completely starting over because I don't think anything that they're acquiring I, I, is valuable there in terms of the brand. I I would agree with you about the brand. It was such a pathetic rollout and they've invested so little in really have in in trying to sell and 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 change the the thought process of a of a fan base in that brand. I think changing the brand back to something different is certainly doable. You're right about the stadium. I mean, and the door has now opened for RFK. I mean, if Dan Snyder is not on the team, uh, you know, the district and the RFK site becomes much more in play. Uh, And even if the city council was still an issue, you can, can, depending on who's, uh, who's in power in the government, you can bypass them and go right to the federal government because it's federal land. Okay, your biggest problem would still be the NIMBYs in the in the neighborhood, not in my backyard, which right. would be a powerful force. Right. But still, uh, a, a new stadium uh, and RFK site is is now a possibility, far more of a possibility than than it would ever be on, under Dan Snyder. Here's a name. Uh, let me throw out to you. Uh, Todd Bowley, he's uh, one of the minority owners Dodgers. of the Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers guy. I, I heard he, that he name. Owned, Chelsea Football Club, too, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. He, he, he grew up in McLean. Oh, I didn't know he's that. He's a local guy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a local guy. That's he, a name to look out for. Well, I, he was also in uh, as a potential or was a bidder on the Broncos as well. So that's interesting. I didn't know. So you've got – Josh Harris, who grew up in Chevy Chase, and this guy Todd Bowley, you said grew up in McLean? Yes. Wow. Uh, there are a lot of billionaires out there that grew up in this area, you know? So well, we have we haven't got we haven't got to the big question yet. What? Are you going to be putting together a group yeah, right. to uh buy the team? I mean, you know, talking about uh, you know, groups with money. I, I, have you been working on amassing a group? Um I'd have to be introduced to some of your friends down at Shelly's back room. Yeah. I mean, that's about the only way it would happen. Uh, You're you bad, know, I, I do, I, I do think, I do think though that you know we will get into this once it's official that they really are. You know, we start to hear that this is an actual sale officially, and somebody will end up having that news that this is, you know, they are now entertaining formal bids, a formal bidding process. Uh, for the complete sale of the 100% ownership of the Washington Commanders. Um, you know, we could, th- we'll, then we'll start doing deep dives into all of these owners and we'll, we'll pick our favorites, you know. Um, but we're, you know, we're not, none of these people more likely than not, I guess it's possible that we could get an owner of another team. A lot of you reached out to say no on Ted when this guy said, well, what about Ted? Well, I, uh, no. I mean, I... Ted would be a hell of a lot better than Dan, of course. Of course. The learners would be a hell of a Tommy, what about the learners? They sell the Nats, they buy the commanders. Yeah. I'm being serious. Yeah, they did. No, I don't think that's that's an option. Well, they can afford it. Uh yeah, I know that. I know they can afford it. But uh, I think they've got estate issues that they want to avoid. What, uh, what if Dan decides to buy the Nats? Somebody mentioned. Oh, that. this is I know, I know. Somebody mentioned all that, yeah. all that stuff. Here, here's the irony. I mean, the poor Nationals—they can't even get front page when it comes to team sales. 
You know, I mean, here the Nats are on the block. They're up for sale, and now the football team goes up for sale. So now the baseball team for sale is still not the most important business deal in sports in this town. You know, because now the football team right. is up for sale. Yeah, and, and you know, and the Orioles are probably going to be up for sale uh, in the near future. Like this is like the Costco for sports franchises right now. You know, this is the place to go. Not one stop shopping for multiple sports franchises. It's amazing. Um, yes. How about how about the RG three push to be um, a minority shareholder in the Commanders? Oh, like, what a clown! What a, what a clown! And what a, and the clown, the people who take them seriously, they're they're even bigger clowns. You know, I mean, he's such a clown. He's really he's really he, he's very good on the air. I, I'm and, and I know. Let, let me just say this: he's better for me calling a game because uh, when he calls college games, he's really good. I think he's getting a little bit. I don't. He's fine in the studio or on the Monday night set. He's not my favorite. He's not as good as I thought he would be there. He's almost too overly enthusiastic. That. Um, but but I will tell you this: if we didn't have the history that we have with him, he's very likable on the air. He really is charismatic, and he's always been a phenomenal communicator, and he's smart. But you know, so so you think it's clownish, and I kind of agree with you. But just remember where he played college football, where he is a living legend right in the middle of oil and gas country. You don't think that there are people down there that just revere RG3 that are mega, mega wealthy that would say, huh. I don't. Well, I I don't think they are. Well, I know there are. I I know there there are are those people. I think there are people who revere what he did would probably think he's a clown too. Yes, but remember, you know, and I think what, what RG3 has been pushing for is the minority stake, you know, if that's what's – and we both agree that that's not what's happening here. Um, and, and by the way, you know, if, if it turned out that, you know, you were 95% wrong and I was 90% wrong and they're just selling a minority stake and they're looking for diversity because that's what they would be looking for in that case. Um, you know what's funny about this is hasn't he I'm I, I I have to be honest I don't sit there and follow RG3 and get into all of the RG3 stuff on social media. I find it to be incredibly insufferable and has been over the years. But hasn't he been critical recently of Snyder in the organization? Somebody's told he me may that. have been. Yeah. I don't know, but again, still still that even makes it more clownish. You know, because he wasn't critical of Snyder when he used his yacht for his wedding, uh, his his honeymoon. <laughs> you know, Woo! he wasn't critical then. Did everybody hear what just so. what Tommy just said? Let me just tell you that may have been a salary cap violation back in the day. Uh, we all knew about I it. I figure enough. <laughs> enough, enough time years have gone by. Uh, I yeah. think so. Let me just tell I, you. I think I think we have. Let me just tell you, Dan's boat. <laughs> For a wedding and a honeymoon, it's not cheap to have that thing for as long as he had it for with his new bride. Um, His first bride, by the way, not the second bride. Uh, Right. So, I mean, it's so disingenuous for him now 
to be dumping on, on Snyder since he was his best buddy when he was here. Yeah. But I, I guess you know, whether you're friends with Snyder, whether you're enemies with Snyder, you know, everyone winds up an enemy of Dan Snyder. And, and you know what? The only friends he has are the ones that he pays for. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's true. I mean, I, th- this is where I think sometimes, like, I, I, I do try, and I, you don't as much, I do try to check myself <laughs> when, I, when I am personally attacking uh, somebody for not having any friends, and I have no idea if he actually doesn't have friends. Because I'm sure there, you know, that he, there's the long-time friendship that he's had with the guy that he went to high school with. You know, the, the, uh, the doctor that was, you know, apparently set up at, at, on fight night with one of the cheerleaders, or at least that was the accusation. Um, you know, I don't know. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that he's not a, a terrific family guy. What we do know is he's been a horrible, horrible owner. And the stories we have heard personally about the way employees have been treated, um, it, it, it's been horrendous. And we were close enough as, you know, employees of a radio station that was owned in part by a Snyder group and was affiliated with the station as the longtime rights holder to know that for many years, the people, a lot of the people, not everybody that worked out there. Uh, not the brightest group and not, you know, the warmest of groups of of people that you'd uh, necessarily, you know, the bottom line is, I said this so many times, the worst combination is being arrogant and being limited intellectually. And so many of those people were, and it was, you know, it was who he was comfortable with. You know, those are the kinds of people he was comfortable with. He wanted people that basically, you know, he never wanted to hire anybody that was smarter than him um, or even remotely close to as smart as him. Um, anyway, whatever. Uh, can we go to just a couple of Washington football items and the World Series? Yes, is the answer. And sure. we'll do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. This segment of the show brought to you by my good friends at MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.com or MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code KevinDC, and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar all the way up to $1,000. I've said this so many times. Even if you're already betting through another site, take the free money from my bookie it's free money they're handing out sure you got to place some bets before they're just going to give you the money but it's still money in your account for nothing you don't have to pick any winners to get it uh doubling your first deposit is not an offer that most places make and you should have a second place if you're taking this seriously you should always have more than one place to wager with so you can compare point spreads and compare pricing it all adds up you know you don't want to be sitting there on minus two and pushing on a 24 22 final when you could have won at minus one and a half uh, which, by the way, is the run line tonight in Houston-Philadelphia game. The money line, uh, Houston's minus 1.5, plus 102. The money line, Houston with Verlander on the bump tonight, minus 156 over Noah Syndergaard and Philadelphia in game five. We'll get to the World Series in a moment. There is a football game uh, tonight, and the football game is also Philadelphia and Houston. Uh, the Eagles trying to stay unbeaten. They are a 13.5-point favorite against the Texans. That, that'll be an interesting 
situation in Philadelphia tonight. You know, game five of a 2-2 World Series. Uh, I would imagine there will be a lot of flipping back and forth. But if you're in a bar in Philly tonight, how many, how many, if it's a bar, how many TVs does Shelley's have? Eight. How many of the TVs are on the World Series and how many of them are on the football game? Well, generally, I'll tell you, I don't know. It, it depends if, on. If on, Shelley's were in Philadelphia, know, I would say five to six on the World Series. Yeah, it's got to be, right? Because it's the, you've got. You've got you got a seven and nothing football team playing a bad Texans team, okay? As opposed to the World Series, uh, so I would think you know two thirds, if not three quarters, would be on the World Series. Look, the, the Major League Baseball is going to benefit from the fact that this Thursday night game is on Amazon Prime and not on you That's know right. easily accessed television. I mean, if it goes to a, a seventh game. Uh, Sunday night, uh, they'll take a beating on that. Maybe they won't. Maybe they won't take a beating. A seventh game in the World Series. No, it'll uh, t- it'll take a beating. Teams, Kansas City. A beating? They'll get beat. They'll get beat. They'll get beat. But I don't know if they'll take a beating. Two different things. So, uh, no, no, no. I I understand that. But when we, whenever we've seen yeah. in recent years the NFL up against World Series yes. games, Absolutely. the NFL has crushed the World Series. A game seven's different. But remember, it's Mahomes yes. and the Chiefs on Sunday night football. Now they're 12 and a half point favorites against Derrick Henry and the Titans, but still it's football. I would expect football to win. Um, I would too. I, I, so anyway, my bookie, uh, Washington, by the way, a three and a half point underdog right now. So if you like Washington Sunday, go to my bookie and take advantage of the half point. Cause I've seen it at three in a lot of spots. Uh, I don't know where that line's going to go. Um, I don't. Um, I am excited about the game Sunday because of what you and I talked about the other day, and uh, many people um, have have you know reached out to say, "Wow, seriously, you think you're watching a playoff team?" I didn't say that I was watching a playoff team. What I said was, I see a team that can win five out of their last nine games. I believe in them defensively. I believe that Taylor Heineke is capable of playing good enough in five of the games um, and having a team around him that believes enough in him and uh, that they could win five of their last nine games and be nine and eight. And at nine and eight, they've got a legitimate chance to qualify for the playoffs as the seventh seed. Yeah, I do believe that. But it's really driven by the fact that I think they're a good defensive team. And we'll find out Sunday against Minnesota. We'll find out next Monday night against Philadelphia for sure. Uh, but anyway, by the way, think about this, Tommy. What if Philadelphia were to win the World Series on Sunday night? Oh, wait a minute. That's not, um, that's not this week. I was going to say, and then it's followed up by the Eagles with a bunch of rowdy Philadelphia Eagles fans celebrating a World Series game at a Monday night game. But that's a week from Monday night. Yeah, that's a just ignore what I said. Uh, who do you like in the game? Uh, I like the Vikings thirty-five to twenty over the Commanders. Oof. I think this is speaking of beatings. I think this is a beating. I think the the hated Kirk Cousins four touchdown passes. <laughs> Big day. Kirk was asked um, yesterday about um, he was asked about the Snyder news and he said he, he had no comment on that. He was asked about his time in Washington and he said 
that you know he has nothing but fond memories and he's and somebody said what's the one moment he talked about the philadelphia game in 2015 at the end of the year where he threw for 360 some yards and four touchdowns as he was you know stat stuffing with garbage yards uh in a game they won by 14 uh but uh uh, it was also the game, yes, I remember what he did at the end of the first half where he kind of lost track. But, you know, Jay Gruden came on my show, and we talked about that game. He said that was Pierre Garçon's fault. He said Pierre refused to run the fade. He didn't want to run the fade. That's one of the great stories, actually. i got to go find that and run that for all of you, maybe on tomorrow's podcast, what Jay Gruden said about the Cousins' halftime debacle uh, and a first-half debacle against the Eagles in 2015. I'm going to go look for that. Um, so you got him 35-20. to 20. Uh, I'll have my prediction and a game preview uh, tomorrow, hopefully with Cooley. We'll, we'll know more later today as to whether or not he can come on the show tomorrow. But um, it's it's a big game. It's a big game for both teams. Look, it's 6-1 and one against 4-4 four and four in the NFC. This is a, you know, this is a big game in conference. Now, I don't know that it'll be a tie-breaking kind of game with Minnesota because I think Minnesota's probably going to win their division, you know, right now. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of football to be played. Um, I don't like the game tonight. The Eagles, by the way, are 13.5, 14-point favorites at my bookie right now, minus 13.5. I don't really like the game. Uh, if you forced me to play it, I'd probably take the points just because I think – you know, overall, when in doubt on double-digit favorites, um, take the dog uh, in the NFL because they cover, uh, it seems like, a lot. Houston may be the bad team in the NFL. We may be discovering here over the next few weeks that Houston's actually the one team that really does stink in the NFL. They didn't trade Brandon Cooks. The Cowboys were in the running form. Apparently other teams were as well. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to a good football weekend. But I did watch the game last night, and um, it's amazing. You know, sports, the night before, five home runs ties the record for the most home runs in a World Series game. The next night, they get no hit, you know, in a collective no-hitter, uh, which was last night. And as amped up as that stadium was the night before and at the beginning of this game and through the first four innings, man, you could hear a pin drop when the Astros, yeah. uh, you know, loaded up on them with – uh, with five runs in the fifth to really put that well, game away. Well, you could away. hear you could you could hear you could hear a pin drop in between the booing, <laughs> right? You know, but they did. There was there was a, a certain amount of booing as their team literally didn't get a hit for the whole game. I mean, Javier uh, Javier was incredible. Look, Good God! Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, I think that's who Houston is really. Uh, I know Justin Verlander's going tonight. Uh, I would hope that Dusty doesn't stick with him as long as he did uh, in game one. You know, this is one of Dusty's faults is that he believes in players sometimes too much, you know, particularly veteran players. Uh, but uh, I don't like the Phillies chances with Noah Syndergaard. Uh, I, I, I don't see a pitching performance in, in like, the, like the, the Phillies have gotten in the two games that they have won uh, in this series coming tonight. So I think Houston leaves Philadelphia with a three to two lead. Uh, yeah, I don't know what'll happen tonight. I, 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 I'm rooting for Philadelphia, but like I said before, I also want Dusty to win. It's just been it's been a really good World Series so far. I mean, how often do you see yes, a, a record-setting home run performance and then followed up by, you know, a four-pitcher no hitter uh, in a World Series game? Um, 
Again, Javier was just lights out. My God, you know he was how, unhittable. You, my, my measure for events like this is when, when people who never talk to me or pay attention to sports ask me about this. And I've been getting a lot of that from the World Series. Well, good. Um, people who, who don't pay attention, you know, normally, they're, you know, I'll ask them, did you know about this? And they'll reel off everything that happened last night. And normally they wouldn't pay attention. My, um, so. my son, uh, my youngest son, who went to Penn State, who's now living in New York, went to the uh, whiteout game, the Penn State-Minnesota game. He and a bunch of friends, they were back for, you know, a weekend of partying in State College, which is a wonderful kind of party college town. But um, it was in the midst of, you know, the Phillies-Padres series. And at Penn State, there are a lot of Philly kids, you know, at that school. And a lot of those Philly kids are friends with my son. And he, you know, over the years, he's like, oh, my God, it's just they're they're the worst when it comes to the Eagles and and the skins. It's just, I mean, I don't have have a leg to stand on in any of this. And it's funny because having gone to Maryland, you know, during the 80s when the Redskins were great and the Giants were great and the Eagles were pretty good. I mean, I had a bunch of friends that were Philly guys, a bunch of friends who were New York guys, you know, Bergen. County guys or Long Island guys and the arguments and the back and forth were great but all teams were great but I won basically all of those arguments back then I mean the giant the 86 Giants team oh my god giant fans were so awful but I but I also kind of understood just the thrill of them finally winning you know a Super Bowl even though you know we had already won one and been in a few at that point and then it's the same way I kind of felt for Philadelphia fans when they won it a few years ago after waiting all of those years you can understand especially for the Philly fans who were in a division with you know Dallas Washington and Giant and the Giants who all had multiple multiple Super Bowl Lombardi trophies and they were the team that was always left out but um yeah. My son basically said you would not have believed the bars when uh, Harper hit the home run against the uh, against the Padres and and just all of the Philadelphia fans. It was uh, like all of the, t- the TVs at Penn State in the in the bars were on that game and not the Penn State game. Um, so uh, he's really following it, and he couldn't have cared less about baseball, honestly, until this postseason. And he's 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 you know. He's he's obviously yeah. connected to a bunch of Phillies fans where this is a big deal. Uh, I think last night was huge for Houston. I, I think they're the better team, and I think they'll probably win two of the next three. I hope Bryce somehow ends up putting up massive numbers. I mean, that home run he hit on, on uh, Tuesday night uh, and that first pitch was incredible. He, he, I think he went, I mean, well, he did. Everybody went over uh, last night. Um, he may have walked last night. I think he did walk uh, on one at bat against Javier. Uh, did he walk? Yeah, he, he did walk once. Um, so, and ended up 0 for 2 overall. All right, uh, what else you got? Chase Young practice yesterday. Seems all as well. I don't expect him to play. That's what I've you know heard a lot of the beat guys uh, saying, and that seems to make sense um, to me on Sunday. But maybe you'll get him the following week uh, against Philadelphia because that's you know a week from Monday night. And they arrested somebody uh, in association with the shooting of Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, the young man was 16 at the time of the shooting. He's 17 now. Um, 
I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, we were going to, yeah. I, I did want to mention this one thing because I saw this during the break um, and, and end on this. Uh, I was going to talk to you about Kyrie Irving and everything, but we did that the other day, even though there have been updates. But do you know who passed away um, yesterday at the age of 72 years old? Oh. Uh, perhaps the greatest punter in the history of the NFL. Oh, Ray Guy. Ray Guy. The only really the only punter who is in the Hall of Fame, I'm pretty sure. Ray Guy, for those of you too young, was an unbelievable punter and weapon for the Oakland and then eventually the Los Angeles Raiders during a 14-year career, 70s into the 80s. Uh, he is a, he's a member of the 100-year the anniversary all-time team. Remember when we got that, the top 100 players? Uh, he was... He was great. I mean, he was the guy, right, Tommy, that pretty much invented the, you know, going for what they called the coffin corner. You know, the, the punt towards the, uh, ad, you know, the pylon that would go out of bounds inside the 10-yard line. Before he did it, punters were just punting straight away. And if somebody fielded it, great. If, if it went into the end zone, they didn't think about kicking it towards the out-of-bounds to, to pin it to a team inside their 20, and he became a specialty guy when it came to that. He was an incredible punter during those years. Yes, absolutely. He definitely was. And uh, I don't think there's another punter in the in, in, in Pro Football Hall of Fame, I don't think. No, I, I, the, the kickers in the Hall of Fame are Stinnerud, and then the punter is Ray Guy, and then did um, Morton Anderson? Yeah, Morton Anderson, Morton Anderson made it. In. That's right. But I yeah. think, but I think Ray Guy's the only, the only yeah. punter in the Hall of Fame. Am I right? Because I didn't read this. I just kind of remember the, him being the first guy to sort of angle punts towards the sideline and trying to pin t- teams inside the twenty. He also had. He, I, I think he was the first guy that you you know you started to measure. This was a new thing, correct me if I'm wrong, hang time with a punter because his punts went so high up into the air and they realized that gave more time for the coverage to get down and usually, you know, resulted in a fair catch. I don't think that people really okay. measured hang time before Ray Guy. Am I right this, or wrong? This, this, was a, this was a bridge too far for you, Kevin. Oh, boy. Coffin Corner was started by a coach for Princeton in 1932 mm. named Leroy Mills. He actually came up with the name Coffin Corner Kick. Okay. okay. He was the first guy to use a punt as a weapon. What year? So, what year? 1932. So only, so only 40 years too late? <laughs> what about hang time? Yeah. What about hang time? Oh, I don't know. Haven't you, haven't you driven down this road enough? Back yeah, the car I'm, up. Forget about it. I'm, 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 I'm looking up Ray Guy hang time. Oh, gee. <laughs> People are hanging themselves right now. Out there listening to this. Yeah, they're hanging themselves right now. He had a career-high 77-yard punt in Denver in 1977. There you go. Okay, let's save this for a segment in, in July. Uh, Way, Hall of Fame punter or not? <laughs> no, but but um, uh, the, the punter, why am I forgetting the name of the punter during the 90s that was the last all-pro player for Washington before Brandon Scherf became uh, the punter. 
um, what's his face, you know, whose brother was the long snapper, a Turk. Uh, Matt Turk was the only punter in uh, the only player during the Snyder era until Brandon Sheriff, who made a first team all pro. And that was so the, he essentially went like, you know, 15 years uh, with without having a first team all pro because Trent Williams was never a first team all pro here. He was a second team all pro. Are we done? I hope so. Uh, do you remember? Do you I remember, got nothing else for you, boss. Do you remember Matt, nothing else. Do you remember Matt Turk's poor brother? God rest his soul. Oh yeah. He, yeah, he, he rolled that. He, died. he rolled that snap back in the uh, in the Tampa playoff I game. Was in, and Dan, I was in the stadium in Tampa when that happened. And then he didn't take the the plane ride with the team back home. And then he yeah. di- he died like a year later. It's awful. Uh, Okay. Uh, That's it for the day. I'll be back tomorrow.